the most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Slobberknocker Audio is on the air. I am good old JR Jim Ross. Again, thank you very much for joining us and for subscribing to our program that drops every Wednesday at Westwood One uh, here. And of course, uh, you can subscribe at our Westwood One podcast app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher, by the way. Uh, we appreciate you leaving those five star ratings. That's very important. So thank you for that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, thanks to the efforts of my, one of my producers, Sean Creedle. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, really excited about uh, today's show and so much news to go over, so much booking uh, issues to, to address, so forth and so on. Uh, plus, I got a big weekend planned. I'll tell you about that momentarily. But today's guest is the incomparable Conrad Thompson. Uh, of uh, the host of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pitchard, uh, What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, and 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. So uh, Conrad is all about the podcasting, but he's also uh, the head man, the, uh, the, the idea man, the money man uh, behind uh, StarCast 2. Uh, and you can find out everything you need to know about StarCast 2 at StarCast.com. Uh, but that event's going to be in Las Vegas, 23rd through the 26th. And uh, Conrad and I will talk about that. I will have a role there uh, at the event, and uh, we'll talk about that. I'm very excited about it, by the way. Very excited. And uh, by the way, uh, speaking of guests, next week, Mark Henry, WWE Hall of Famer, the one of the stars of Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM Channel 93 that I listen to religiously five days a week. And uh, Mark will be joining us next week here on the show to talk about uh, his radio career, what he's doing now in WWE. I think he's got a kind of a, I don't know if he's a like a mentor or coach or something. We'll find out. That's why we're going to have him on. Uh, so uh, he's just a great guy. And I, one of the guys we signed back in the mid-90s. And I got to be friends with him and Terry Todd, nice man. We'll talk about that. So uh, Mark Henry here next week. And in the meantime, you can catch he – uh, Bully Ray and my friend Dave LaGreca on uh, Sirius XM uh, Monday through Friday mornings and the replay if you choose at Sirius XM. I love it. Love the show. And uh, before we get to what's on my mind, just a reminder that this weekend, Friday and Saturday, I'll be in Warren, Michigan for the Great Lakes Comic Convention uh, Friday night and Saturday. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll have uh, sauces and books and beef jerky and seasoning and all kinds of neat stuff. Your pictures, your sign your swag, whatever you whatever you want. Uh, looking forward to seeing all the fans there. It's, I'm flying into Detroit early, early, early on uh, uh, Friday morning, then heading over to Warren with my produ another producer, Rafael Morphy. So we'll be doing well. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, so, and if you want more information on that, uh, check out Great Lakes 
comicconvention.com. That's simple. But now, here's what's on my mind. Well, there's a lot of things on my mind, and we started right off the bat here talking about the WWE Elimination Chamber. Uh, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I watched it in replay, and uh, full, being fully transparent because I do like to tell the truth occasionally, uh, the fact is is that I, I was in Los Angeles over the weekend uh, filming a, a couple of scenes for Paradise City uh, and for Ash Avelson. And I was out there over the weekend, so I was flying back on Sunday to Oklahoma from L.A., but uh, I did watch on Monday the, the replay. It's one of the great things about the WWE Network. You can do it all. You can find things. You can, you can program your, your viewing to your own time timetable. So I, I, I watched it in, in a kind of a fast motion, to be honest with you. Uh, and I thought it was a, a good, solid show. I thought the two chamber matches delivered big time. Uh, the, the, the men did a great job, uh, but, and the women again, stepped right up. They kicked off the show at a very important spot. And look, if some of you guys don't understand how important it is to start a pay-per-view off on the right foot, I don't know what I can do for you. I saw online and, uh, and social media that, oh, how dare they offend the women by putting them on first. It's not like being the first match and going to 10 minute Broadway at a house show. It ain't that. It's starting to show off the right way. I told this story about Eddie Guerrero. He got pissed at me for because uh, the the creative staff uh, put him on first at a pay per view, and he was hotter than hell. He thought it was a sign that he was going to be featured, meaning phased out. And uh, nothing could be farther from the truth. He ends up being the WWE champion, by the way. Beats Brock Lesnar. Remember that one in the Cow Palace? I'll never forget it. So. The start that spot is a very good spot. The audience is fresh. If you're a talent, and you're complaining about going on first on the pay per view, man, you don't you're missing a boat too. What the hell are you thinking? So anyway, anywhere I I thought the uh, chamber matches were good. I thought uh, uh, Becky Lynch, if she if she doesn't have a successful wrestling career, she could damn sure play women's softball because she can swing, and she swung those that crutch. Uh, uh, attacking both Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Uh, and uh, it's one of those deals where you, you lay it in and you apologize later. But it was really believable. And I'm sure that uh, it wasn't so pleasant for Becky or for, excuse me, for Charlotte and Ronda. But at the end of the day, I'm sure they'd also tell you that it, that's what it took to continue their storyline and to continue the storyline with momentum. Uh, so uh, then Daniel Bryant, uh, you know, wins the Elimination Chamber. As, as I said, a great match. Uh, he's really evolving to a great heel champion. You know, he really is. He just he's just uh, has so many uh, unpleasant per, uh, personality traits as a villain in in in, uh, in the fictional world. Uh, and you know, and I thought obviously the star of that, uh, maybe the star of the night, other than Becky Lynch and her and her and her swings was Kofi Kingston. Hard to debate that, right? I mean, he had a night a night of nights. I said this a long time ago. I called a match in the garden, I think it was in the garden, with he and Randy Orton on TV, and he captivated the crowd that night. He had the night. Of course, he's working with one of the greatest of all time, Randy Orton. But the problem was is that there was no follow-through. It was dropped, you know, like a tea is in a punch bowl. Not good. 
So uh, I, I'm glad to, find, to see that Kofi's going to get a title match with Daniel Bryant at Fastlane. That don't mean he's going to have the title match at WrestleMania, or it doesn't mean he's not. So, uh, but at least he's in the conversation, and he deserves it. He's a good guy, a good family man, a great athlete, intelligent. Can't see why he wouldn't be a great representative, quite frankly. With the diversity uh, elements at play, his tenure, his track record, uh, why not is my question. Why not? Why not break the molds? It's not exactly like the company's setting the world on fire on ratings right now. Why not try it? That's my take on it. Uh, the next night on Raw, I did watch Raw from start to finish, as I did SmackDown Live. Uh, I heard that the Raw show was rewritten Monday afternoon, just hours before it went on the air, and that uh, elements of the show were still being uh, delivered to the announcers after the show had already started. So for whatever reason, it was a uh, disjointed day, which only was only compounded by the fact that the Lafayette crowd, uh, and I'm not, hey, look, I, I spent a lot, a lot of nights in Lafayette in the Mid-South Territory days, uh, but they didn't have a good night. The fans did not have a good night. And so you can look at this a lot of ways. It was a dead crowd. Why was it a dead crowd? Uh, you know, tell me that. Did they all come in mass to have a crappy time? I don't think so. Something created the, uh, the, the mood for a lousy crowd, and we got it. Not good. Uh, so it started, the day started off rough kind of disjointed and it ended that way the highlights of the night for me on raw was the fact that these uh the nxt invasion i think fans love to say the invasion the takeover it's a revolution we're all defiant young millennials and we don't give a shit uh ricochet uh tomaso champa johnny gargano and ricochet kicked ass simple as that you can overanalyze if you choose to. That's also a sign you may have too much free time on your hands. They, they were called up. They had good nights on Monday and on Tuesday, by the way. So uh, I don't know where it's going, but wrestling fans generally love new. And they really enjoy new stars. And these guys are all destined to be uh, significant stars if they can carry the ball to the next level. Uh so I, I thought that was a, a good thing on Raw, the, the, the NXT inclusion. Very good. I was impressed with Aleister Black. I didn't think he had a lot of chemistry with Elias. Uh, I like Aleister's aggression. I like his entrance. I like, the, I like all those, that ink on his body. He looks sinister, deadly, mysterious. Uh, but unfortunately, he didn't have the greatest chemistry with uh, Eli, uh, Elias. Just my opinion. The match didn't suck. It just wasn't, it wasn't you know... Big time. Uh, the uh, Ruby Riot, who lost to in, to Ronda Rousey in about a minute or two, the night before goes about 10 or 12, 13 minutes with Ronda the next night in a rematch. Yet, yet I don't understand why she got the rematch, but there should have been a better story explaining why Ruby Riot got a rematch with Ronda Rousey 24 hours after losing to her. I'm not saying it's a bad booking because you can make a, a good story out of virtually any scenario, but I don't know what the scenario was there. It, it didn't make sense to me. And the other thing, I, I pet peeve, I mentioned this on Twitter on Monday on Monday night. 
why the hell, when you're formatting a show, can you not have some flexibility with where your breaks are placed so that you don't interrupt a TV title match? Uh, the Rousey uh, Ruby Riot match for the Raw Women's title had a commercial break in the middle of it. And I tell you, I, it I disconnected. Being away three minutes. So I'm just of the belief that you get, you're formatting a three hour show. There's ways to have a short segment going in or a short segment coming out, but you don't have to ad- adhere to uh, taking a break in the middle of a title match. And then just hopefully that the, uh, the ladies can, can regain the, the buzz of the crowd that they hopefully had before the commercial break. Just don't understand it. It's old school television. It doesn't need to be that way. It needs to be reinvented a little bit. Interrupting matches or commercial breaks is not cool. Not cool. Uh, and by the way, next week on Raw, I'm excited to be watching the Ric Flair 70th birthday celebration. I, uh, I'm interested to see if Becky Lynch will be delivering any gifts for the Nates' birthday. I have celebrated birthdays with Nates, and some of them I even remember. On the SmackDown on Tuesday night, uh, we did find out the you know at the end of the show that Kofi Kingston would challenge Daniel Bryant for the WWE title at uh, at Fastlane. Good move. Why not? Why not win it? What if Kofi won the title there? Why not? Is it is it like the all the champions right now in WWE are setting the house on fire and drawing sellout crowds wherever they go? Uh, no. So why not try something different? You know, you, you, the company possesses the most powerful weapon in wrestling. It's called an eraser. So if they don't like it, it's not drawn. Uh, it's not moving the needle ratings wise. Then. Go to plan B. Get your eraser out. Pencil somebody else's name in. Oscar uh, came back. You know, I, I said her on the show, I'm a big Oscar fan. I think she's very underutilized, very underpositioned, and it's always going to be the same old BS about, well, she doesn't speak good English. How long has she been here? How long has she been around? And if she can't speak English, why have, hasn't that been addressed long, long before now? Can't be used as an excuse if you could have corrected it. It's, it's bad management, bad planning. And if she didn't want to learn English and, and, and make herself more marketable, then maybe she needs to do something else. But I think Oscar is a huge star. She has great charisma. She's believable. She has an exotic look. I haven't heard any horror stories about how she's a, a, a crazy person in the locker room or on the road. But if she has, if the, if the excuse is, well, she doesn't communicate well and to the North American audience or the English speaking audience, uh, she's a disconnect. Whose fault is that? If she's not going for the, uh, putting out the effort and you're trying to help her learn English, that's one thing. But, you know, living there, you telling me she couldn't go to full sale and get tutoring for English? I, I don't get that. Uh, speaking of women, uh, Apparently, Lacey Evans is in line for a, the old proverbial push. We all like to talk about the, who's getting their push. Uh, I think this. I, thought, I said this when I met her, Lacey Evans, before the May Young Classic number one. She has everything. She has an amazing look. Her background is it's just absolutely 
unduplicated. She's a marine drill, drill instructor, for real. Amazing athlete, but here's the thing, folks. She needs more time to learn how to wrestle. I'm not saying she, she sucks, but for her to be on the level of a, a Becky or a Charlotte or any of the, the top, top, top echelon, which is apparently where WWE sees Lacey, then she needs to work on her game. And again, you know, I remember this, the old story, Vince said, we want to bring Brock Lesnar to television. I said, he's not ready. Well, he'll be all right. So no, he's not all right because he can't, he can't protect anybody yet. I mean, he's too damn big and strong to, to be, uh, you know, not fundamentally sound in how to protect his opponents. It don't take much of a miskey from him and you're in trouble. So, uh, and Vince realized it and, 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 and he agreed. And so we waited a few more weeks, but he, Lesnar's on a fast track. He's a, he's the exception, not the rule. So my, my thoughts are Lacey Evans has everything it takes to be a star, great media star. She's intelligent. She's articulate. Get her back in the ring and drill, 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 work matches with everybody you bring in there to wrestle with her should be better than her and push her. And I hope that's being done. I heard it through the grapevine that the Undertaker's decision to appear at StarCast for today's guest, Conrad Thompson, uh, has not been a popular front office decision. Or they're not happy in the front office, apparently. How mad can you get at the Undertaker? And secondly, you know, you got a, a, a 50-year-old guy with young children, a son in college. You know, he's had his, tra- his track record with marriages, much like mine. Takes a while sometimes to find the right one, and he has, but he's got to make a living. And if he's at the point age-wise where WWE doesn't want to use him in the ring, or he doesn't want to feel he doesn't feel able to compete in the ring, then you you got to you want to keep him around. You got to pay him something, but you might not pay him the same as if you get that one or two three matches a year out of him. More on that later with Conrad Thompson. Uh, congratulations to DX going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, giant talents all of them they came together it when they first came together i thought boy this is a misbranded uh group i i saw the always saw the 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 symmetry between and the relationship between triple h and sean sean michaels and then of course with triple h and sean china would come along because she was affiliated with triple h at that time when they added uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, X Pac come in, I wasn't sure how that would gel because I didn't understand what their chemistry might be. I know now it was a great move, great booking. Uh, they were big time stars uh, in WWE when the star when there were a lot of stars. They still stood out. So my congratulations to those guys: uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, Road Dog, uh, Billy Gunn, who's going to be working for AEW. If he's not already. And X-Pac will be uh, the six DX members going to the Hall of Fame. Proud of all those folks. Especially for Joni. Uh, you know, it had been nice that she could have gone in before she passed away. Uh, we, none of us can change that, folks. If you spend way too much time on why didn't she go in while she was alive. So I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when you're going to die either. I don't think you know. Do you? No, hope not. So point is, is that you never know, but she's going in. She's going to be honored. She should. She's, she's certainly deserving. And uh, 
I'm proud of her. I spent lots and lots of hours with her, with Joni, in her last days in WWE, doing all I could to try to get her to resign. And someday she wanted to, someday she wasn't. She was going through a breakup. And, man, I don't know, quite frankly, in all honesty, that I was fully prepared for that kind of counseling. Good news on the Slobberknocker book front. Uh, of course, it's still available at Amazon.com. Sell them, sell them well. Thank God. And I appreciate it. This week, book authority named Slobberknocker one of the top 95 biographies of all time. And I'm very proud of that. My writing partner, Paul O'Brien, another nice Irish lad, uh, did a hell of a job. We collaborate well. We think alike. We're, he's, he's me when I'm not there. That's, I feel bad for him on that deal. Uh, and now we're working on the sequel. Don't know the title of it yet, but we're working on the sequel. Hope to have it out by, by the holidays this year. And uh, we worked on that uh, this week. We have a system. We work on it. We have a regular system that we're working on. And uh, he's such a great researcher, and he is a massive fan. He has product knowledge, which is what I wanted in a, in a writing partner. He has wrestling product knowledge. He likes it. He understands it, and he understands my crazy ass. And this book is going to be heavy. I'm just warning you. It's going to be something else. Uh, oh, uh, WWE, I saw this, uh, too. I want to mention this. And congratulations to Chris Park, also known as Abyss, and my buddy Shane Helms, Gregory, as I like to call him, two new WWE producers. They got day jobs, folks, and I hope that they have a long run. Hope they can match my 26 years there. The Mark Henry documentary by WWE's uh, production folks was spectacular. We'll talk to Mark about that next week on this very program. As I mentioned earlier, I was in L.A. this weekend uh, filming scenes for Paradise City. My friend, uh, director, writer, actor Ash Avelson uh, invited me out. I had a couple of big scenes there, and I play a... Uh, Kind of a quirky CPA named Ned. That's about all I can say about that. But it's, it's funny. It's not some of it's not supposed to be funny, but it's funny how the lines come out. So they loved it, and I really appreciate the opportunity. I'll keep you posted on when it's going to when it's going to be uh, available. It'll be months, but a lot of interesting interesting cast members there. Uh, Dre D'Amato, who played. Uh, Chrissy and the Sopranos' girlfriend, uh, Adriana, is that her name? Uh, is the uh, she's in it among others. So it's a it's got a good cast, interesting story. Paradise City, keep your eye out for it. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, the great one, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, if you will, his uh, Seven Bucks Entertainment to feature fighting with my family. That's uh, so the movie goes to nationwide release uh, this Friday, February 22nd. I am going to see it. Uh, I think I plan on going Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm going to see the movie next week. I'll have a review on next week's show. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I do it before you record. Obviously, uh, everybody I've talked to that has seen it, love it. So uh, I can't encourage you enough to go check out, you know, Paige's family story. Uh, and uh, did really well in limited release, getting great reviews. Uh, Fighting with my family in theaters nationwide on Friday, February 22nd. Uh, 
The Oscars are this weekend. How the hell did that make this podcast? I don't know. But I will give you a prediction on the best picture. The best picture I saw, the best movie I saw last year was Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, the cat that played Freddie Mercury in the Queen film was absolutely amazing. And uh, as a matter of fact, Queen, the band, of course, Freddie's no longer with us, Freddie Mercury, they're going to be performing live at uh, the Oscars. How about that? That's a reason for me to watch. Uh, all the disingenuous crying and thinking of too many people and not budgeting their time for their, their speech and getting played off the air and all that stuff, uh, that gets old. It really does. So Bohemian Rhapsody has my vote. I think that's where it will be. Well, apparently uh, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed's settlement with the NFL is a done deal. I'm sure someday it will leak out how much money they, they uh, were paid. Uh, and I don't know. I've heard guys say, is Kaepernick going to be in the NFL? I, I, I say, uh, I use the Mr. McMahon line, no chance in hell is an NFL team going to hire Colin Kaepernick. Because, by the way, folks, uh, he, had, he stood for a great, he had a great point. Uh, I, I really admire and, and respect his courage and his convictions. But he wasn't a great quarterback. So now he's in his 30s. He hasn't played in a few years. And you're going to bring him back on your team. Not likely. Could he be in the XFL? Certainly. Why not? They're going to pay him some good money. I'm sure he doesn't need the money now that he's got the big settlement. I assume big settlement. But uh, I would say it's a lot more likely that Colin Kaepernick's going to be in the XFL than he ever will be in the NFL again. Uh, we mentioned Slobberknockers on sale at Amazon, Amazon.com. They'll have it delivered to you in a matter of minutes, it seems like. They're still doing really well. Uh, and uh, we're going to be taking our book this weekend to uh, the Great Lakes Comic Convention. So check us out. If you're there, you're around the area, come see us. I'll, I'm signing those books like a crazy man. I love it. Uh, and also in the UK, you can buy a signed a book, a signed copy of Slobberknocker uh, from the impresario Kenny McIntosh. If Kenny has many more pictures of his dog on Twitter, I got to have a talk with him. I love dogs, but not a daily dose. I love you, Kenny. You're a good boy. Inside the roast.co.uk. InsideTheRopes.co.uk is uh, the website for Inside the Ropes. Great company. Doing some good stuff. Kenny's quite the uh, entrepreneur. Happy for him. Uh, WWShop.com has our products. You know that. Uh, food products. Sauces, ketchup, mustard, jerky, seasoning. And uh, they're also available at Ingles Markets. I-N-G-L-E-S. Ingles is the very best. I don't, I'm kidding. Uh, they are, but that's a nasty quick commercial line. From back in the day. Uh, so uh, Ingles has our products in their stores. They have over 200 stores in the southeast. They're the, most or, the best organized, cleanest, nicest grocery stores that I've ever been in. Case closed, Ernie. Because I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. Uh, this weekend, as I mentioned, incessantly, ad nauseumly, uh, Raphael and I'll be uh, taking our wares, our books, our sauces, and all that good stuff. Uh, 
uh, to the Great Lakes Comet Convention. We're going to be there on Friday and on Saturday in Warren, Michigan. It's in the Detroit area at the Macomb Community College Convention Expo Center. Whew. For all the information on who all the stars are going to be there and, uh, and all the famous folks and me, uh, greatlakescomicconvention.com. Greatlakescomicconvention.com. Um, WrestleMania week's starting to shape up pretty good. We're going to have our show uh, on April the 6th. We're going to probably have the show, the starting time of the show. Uh, the VIP meet and greet will be about 10.30 in the morning. And then my show, stage show, the Q&As will start at uh, noon. It's a little change there. It makes it easier for you to go to other events and we're not squeezed in between things that we don't need to be squeezed in. If that makes any sense. So my show, the, the stage show, the show part of this event uh, at the Gotham Comedy Club is we'll start at noon. So you want to, you know, the doors open at 1030. Uh, com has your tickets. GothamComedyClub.com. Also on WrestleMania weekend, I'll be with the two-man power trip fellas. I was on their podcast this week. I think it dropped uh, Tuesday. Uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. I'll be there with those dudes on at the Midlands Plaza Hotel on Sunday morning, the morning of WrestleMania. And uh, you can get your tickets for that event. Uh, on Twitter at BP Tickets on Twitter. BP Tickets on Twitter. Uh, and uh, check out their episode on their on the, their podcast, Two Man Power Trip Podcast, that I was on this uh, or taped and dropped this week. Good dudes, good company. They got this is gonna be a fun show. Really unique concept. A lot of I looked at the, the lineup of talents going to be at uh, John and those who fell a show on Sunday morning. It's Really impressive. Really, really impressive. Uh, then on Monday night after Raw on April the 8th, uh, suddenly the wrestles Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard, first time ever with good old JR. Uh, we're going to be at the uh, uh, Murmur Theater in Brooklyn. It's less than a mile from the Barclays Center. Tickets are on sale now at brucepritchard.com. Uh, so it's uh, going to be a fun, fun night after Raw. Think of all the things we could we can talk about in our Q and A. Uh, you've got all these different shows: Conrad's and Bruce's shows, my show, uh, the the uh, Hall of Fame, the Ring of Honor New Japan show, the NXT Takeover, WrestleMania, and Raw. It's a hell of a way to top it off, man. Come on and join us. Uh, it'll be rowdy. It'll be fun. You'll have a you'll have a blast. So uh, join us. BruceFritcher.com has the tickets. It's going to happen right after Raw. We're looking at a midnight starting time uh, in, uh, in New York City after Raw on Monday night. More on that still to come, obviously. Uh, I'm going to be at the Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. That's a suburb of Pittsburgh, my little late Angel Chan's hometown. And I'll be there three days uh, in April, Friday the 12th of April through Sunday, the 14th of April. Uh, so if you want more information on that, it's going to be a big, that's, that's a big, big deal too. Uh, steelcitycon.com steelcitycon.com, uh, in the Pittsburgh area, Monroeville PA to be exact steel city con. I'll be at the, as usual, or at least I try to be every year at the cauliflower alley club, 
uh, on April 29th through May 1st. That's going to be in Las Vegas, the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino. Yep, they've taken some of my money. And uh, there's there's uh, nothing I enjoy more than the, these two events I'm about to talk about, uh, including Call for Alley Club, because it helps people. It's a charity thing. It's not a payday. I ain't there to sell, you know, uh, jerky. I'm there to honor the people that help make our business great and that raise money to help needy wrestling families who need a break. Cauliflowerallyclub.org for all the information. Love to see you there. And then uh, we're going to be in Waterloo, Iowa, ladies and gentlemen, at the Dan Gibbon Museum. Uh, I'm going to be attending the uh, Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I should say the George Tragus Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction. Uh, big three days there in Waterloo, live wrestling, tryout camps, uh, all kinds of autographs, opportunities. And if you want to, if you want to be a part of it and attend, uh, contact, uh, uh, at wrestling museum on Twitter. They have the information there at wrestling museum, or you can email, uh, the folks there in Waterloo at D G M staff. I think that stands for Dan Gibbon Museum Staff, DGM Staff at nwhof.org. So that's the information on that. Uh, always fun there, Waterloo. And I like going to Iowa in the summer, not the winter. Just me, just saying. So, folks, that's a lot of ground we're covering here. Uh, Conrad Thompson coming up momentarily. But for right now, that's what's on my mind. There's some really deserving folks uh, on our short list of nominees for the Slobberknocker of the Week. Uh, a lot of talents in wrestling had big weekends, and they should be acknowledged. But they're not the only people that have big weekends. My boy Trey Young of the, of the NBA Atlanta Hawks, OU grad, oh, not a grad, he played there one year. Uh, OU player, former OU player from Norman, my, where I'm living now, uh, Trey Young is doing a lot of good things for the Santa Fe Family Life Center and uh, the official the, this, the official home of the Trey Young Elite Youth Basketball Program. So it's great to see uh, Trey Young giving back. He just had his, his first all-star game. He's a keeper, folks. He needs to bulk up a little bit, but boy, that kid can shoot the basketball. And a great kid, good family. A great representative for the NBA, and I'm glad he's in Atlanta where my, my dear friend Steve Holman is the voice. And he will always be the voice of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm very, uh, very pleased with the success thus far of uh, Paige, The Rock, Seven Bucks Entertainment, on the release of uh, Fighting With My Family. The ticket sales have been excellent in a limited release, and the reviews have been even better, but the movie is going to be released in wide distri- distribution this Friday, the t- uh, 22nd. And as I said, I'm going to go see it next week, without without a doubt. I feel uh, I feel uh, I feel remiss by not mentioning Dave Chappelle, great comedian, uh, hell of a talent. But there was a couple from Charlotte who was really excited to see their favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle, on Valentine's Day. Uh, Deidre and Eddie Dickens. Yes, her name is Deidre Dickens. <laughs> uh, they bought tickets on Craigslist. Big mistake. Only to realize that they were fake. Uh, the uh, 
happy couple were scammed out of hundreds of dollars uh, for the Chappelle show. When the comedian heard about it, he heard about their misfortune, he surprised the family with tickets to his show. That's a class act. Good job, Dave Chappelle. Uh, certainly DX, going to the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame, deserves recognition for Slobber Rock of the Week. Great ensemble cast. Guys uh, generally had great single careers as well in one promotion or the other. I'm uh, always a big fan of their work, their spontaneity. They're, they were edgy before edgy was cool. Uh, Bailey and Sasha become the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Champions at the Elimination Chamber in good old Houston, Texas. Uh, the, I, I kind of thought they were the front runner going in, but I wasn't sure. But I'm sure happy they won it. They're good. They're they're they they'll be good tag team champions. And if they if they get the chance to to establish the titles, establish their team as champions. When they finally lose, it will mean something big, no doubt. So congratulations, Bailey and Sasha. Uh, the Miz and Maurice, well, that was a heavy promo that uh, the Usos did on uh, Miz on on Tuesday night. A-list, uh, a, uh, A-list personality and a, with C-level wrestling skills. I thought that was a little stiff. Uh but they announced it, Ms. and Maurice, his wife, that they're going to have baby number two. So uh, they uh, announced this on stage Sunday night during the uh, Illumination uh, Chamber broadcast that they're expecting their second child together. So congratulations to them. And how would I look myself in the mirror, as painful as that is at times, uh, if I didn't select Kofi Kingston as the slobber knocker of the week? He had two amazing performances. Uh, in the Elimination Chamber and on SmackDown. Uh, and he is caught on fire. Timing is everything in wrestling. And as I said, if your territory, use that in a general term, if your promotion is not red hot and you don't want to unseat uh, your primary uh, players or the title holders, uh, what you build your tent poles or your tent, their tent poles, those titles are, and you build around them, you build under them. Uh, Man, I, he, he was just phenomenal. I got a couple of thoughts on that. I mentioned earlier, you know, I saw him have that great match in the garden that, that uh, we called on Raw, I think it was. And uh, he's always been a very polite, respectful, honorable kid. He's college educated. He's articulate. He's dependable. He's loyal and reliable. The number one thing I always look for in a talent was reliability, not how they not how they look, how big their pythons were, or how deep their fake tan was, or anything else. Reliability. Are you reliable? Will you be here on time? Will you be a team player? Can I predict great things from you without it being you shooting your own feet, self-destructing? Never worried about that with Kofi. So if your roster is not on fire, and you're not selling out in more places than you're not, why not make a change? and make people have a feel-good moment. Let them see, see if you can get the fans to gather around Kofi Kingston as he then would ward off some great challenges, like the champion now, Daniel Bryan. So uh, Kofi is our winner this week. He just had a phenomenal – he had a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And the only thing I – weekend, the only thing I'm concerned about, why haven't we seen this more often? 
was he just on a on a because he got the spotlight? He was uh, more motivated. I don't know. But I want to see that if you're going to be a champion, that's the one great thing about Daniel Bryan: consistency. He's never going to have a stinker. That's something. There's something to be said of that, because everybody can't say that. But the the greatness we saw from Kofi Kingston on over the weekend, Sunday and Tuesday specifically, uh, why haven't we seen it more often? Well, he didn't get booked right. Well, he did. Come on. When a wrestler gets in the ring and the bell rings, it's on them. By and large, it's on them. You know, we keep coming up with these excuses to bail out talents because they they're working with the evil empire WWE. But my question is, where has this Kofi been? And I am wholeheartedly, I, hey, look, I'm the guy coming on the show today and said Kofi Kingston would be a great choice to slot in as the WWE champion. Athletic, character, ethnicity, every good, everything you want, to, every box checked. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And Kofi Kingston is this week's Slobberknocker of the Week. Speedway doesn't have anything, but fire do call across the hall and say that it was a raccoon that overdosed on somebody's heroin. Remember this weekend, I'll be at the uh, Great Lakes Comic Convention in Warren, Michigan. It's near Detroit. Uh, and for more information on when I'm going to be there, which is going to be Friday night and all day Saturday, greatlakescomicconvention.com. Check us out. And uh, it's time for one of the most honored and respected awards in all of sports entertainment. Good old JR's Pet Coon Goofy Award. I made that part up, but it is Pet Coon Goofy time. And a lot of good candidates now, I'm telling you. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy dumbass type behavior going on. And it ain't gonna end. Matt Kuchar is a pro golfer. Good one too. Uh, he uh he recently won almost one point three million dollars in a golf tournament in Mexico. And uh, normally these caddies get five to ten percent of the of their golfers winnings as a their fee so uh out of 1.3 mil uh kuchar paid his a stand-in caddy filling guy five grand uh and then after the people found out about it it was hideously low embarrassingly low uh kuchar ponied up 50 grand for the caddy that's what the caddy had, had uh, requested it's been so much. Just pay your share. Are you kidding me? You're going to split hairs after you just got the win in 1.3 mil playing golf? Come on, Matt. You're better than that. Uh, another candidate for Pet Coon Goofy Award is the Academy. They wanted to take some Oscar awards and move them to commercial breaks. Kidding me? No TV recognition whatsoever for several winners would have been, would have been uh, the thing. But the latest update from the Academy of Arts and Sciences, uh, they decided to broadcast all the awards this Sunday. Smart. How do you kick to the curb somebody like to send uh, uh, music or, or uh, a cinematographer? To them and their family, their recognition is just as important as if they were the uh, nominated for the Actor of the Year. So the Academy made a almost made a bonehead decision but they're getting nominations for Pet Coon Goofy Awards because they even thought about it. Uh, 
Pet Coon Goofy would include the live crowd on Raw Monday night in Lafayette. In all the years, now, we used to run a smaller building there in Lafayette, which I think had a little bit of magic to it. Uh, the Cajun Dome, a uh, big cavernous facility. And there's nothing that that kind of adversely affects the crowd more than empty seats. You get a pretty good-sized building, and you got a lot of emptiness. It doesn't motivate. It's not real motivational. But uh, it was not a good night. Not a good night, uh, and it, it adversely affected the, the viewing, my viewing anyway, of Monday Night Raw. Got to be an answer. Got to be a reason. Uh, this is a tough one because I, I love these kids. Jimmy Uso got arrested after a little scuffle with the cops in uh, Detroit, and uh, the uh, allegedly they're pulled over after cops say Naomi was driving the, uh, the wrong direction on a one-way street. Hey, I've done that. I'm sure you've done that. Sometimes it happens, man. You want to get your ass off that that wrong way or the one way as quick as you can, but to say it can't happen in, in a strange area, absolutely. Uh, I do know they were driving a 2018 Dodge Journey. How about that? And uh, allegedly reeked of booze. The car did. So maybe the car was drinking. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Jimmy got into a little uh, uh, verbal altercation with some police there and uh, he got taken to jail and handcuffed and arrested for disorderly conduct and obstruction of justice and uh, posted bond. And of course he's had a good weekend too after Hey, look, here's the deal. These, the lifestyle is not conducive to, to making sound decisions sometimes at the lifestyle of a wrestler. It's not, that's not an excuse. I'm just telling you, here's the, here's the lay of the land. Uh, Jimmy Uso's a good kid, very talented. When I used to see him and his brother come with their dad to TV, Rikishi, uh, I was they, they were better workers then than some of the guys we had on the roster. Just natural. Athletic, charismatic, always that great smile. So I'm a big Uso fan. I, I love their dad. He was one of my guys back in the day. And I think the world of that family. But he's got to make better decisions. The drinking thing, the drinking thing is not good. You got to monitor the drinking, and there's no rule that says every wrestler's got to be got to drink. I remember getting into an argument one time in my car driving from Oklahoma City to Tulsa after an Oklahoma City event with uh, Tretch Phillips from Memphis, and Tretch was a prelim guy, about five foot five, big chest, and uh, kind of a dubious personality at times. He got so pissed at me for not stopping and buying him beer. So I stopped, and I stopped at a Dairy Queen. I said, let's just get you a milkshake instead. Boy, he got pissed at me. And the nice thing is he never rode with me again. And I lost that whopping two cents a mile payday. Oh, so be it. But I'm a, I'm a big Uso fan. Jimmy, don't do this again. Don't be, the drinking's got to chill your stuff. Because it, it makes you look older. You got to work. You got to train through it. It's not good. And uh, this week's Pecan Goofy Award winner, I, I, I don't know, I may be jumping a gun on this thing. This Jesse Smollett, you know, the dude that uh, was, on, was on Fox's uh, show Empire, you know, he, he got, allegedly got uh, beat up and with uh, racial and sexual orientation uh, epitaphs. Uh, and I'm beginning to wonder that that even happened. 
I'm not so sure it even happened, folks. If it did, then the culprit should be uh, brought to justice. If they didn't, Jesse Smollett is in for one hell of a lot of embarrassment, and he may have just taken himself out of the game. Depending on how all that works out, for today, Jesse Smollett, you, sir, are pet coon goofy. No, no, don't do this. Enough is enough. As I mentioned earlier, folks, don't forget that uh, our book, Sovereign Ocker, My Life in Wrestling, is still available at a lot of Barnes and Nobles, but it's certainly available uh, uh, readily and easily re- uh, received shipping-wise from Amazon.com. So check that out. Uh, this week in wrestling, interesting week. It's, you know, the wrestling business is so damn diverse. It's been around for so long. It's hard to find a week that there's not something interesting that's going on or that, or that occurred. 41 years ago, for example, in New York City, Bob Backlund defeated superstar Billy Graham to win the WWF title. The, he was the, the, arguably the WWF title or the NWA title were the two biggest titles in all of wrestling uh, in the eyes of most folks. So, and boy, were those two guys, Backlund and, and Superstar, different, 180 degrees different. It just shows a, a changing of the guard. And quite frankly, you look back in, in hindsight, maybe there's a good case that could be made that Billy Graham should have kept the title a little bit longer because business is good. He was a different kind of champion, uh, extraordinary personality, but uh, that's not what the office wanted. That, that role of WWF champion was recast into what the company wanted to be represented by. Crazy stuff. Man, I know where I was 30 years ago. I was in Chicago, Chi-Town Rumble at the UIC Pavilion, uh, NWA pay-per-view. It was a card book by George Scott. And uh, I remember it was a great card. I mean, you had Midnight versus Midnight, uh, Cornette and Hayman, uh, Paul Hammond fall dangerously at that time. And, uh, and the loser of the fall leaves the NWA match. Randy Rose lost the fall. He left. Uh, Mike Rotunda beat Rick Steiner to TV title. Lex Luger, Barry Windham had a match for the U.S. title that uh, Luger won. He won the title, won the match. Uh, the Road Warriors uh, defeated the varsity club of Steve Williams, Dr. Death, and Kevin Sullivan to retain the NWA World Tag Team titles. And, of course, the classic Flair Steamboat matchup. Uh, was really incredible, absolutely incredible, uh, and an honor for me, man. I I've been asked, you know, well, you know, you call those three uh, Omega Kenny Omega Kazuchika Okada matches, that has to be the greatest trilogy you've ever called by far. And it was were they great? Absolutely, they were amazing. I love those the experience and the honor of being able to call those three matches. However, to discount Steamboat and Flair from that conversation is silly. Pet Coon Goofy, one might say. Uh, more on that with Conrad. Uh, 26 years ago, uh, WCW presented Super Brawl 3 at the Asheville Civic Center in Asheville, North Carolina. By the way, that was the first WCW pay-per-view of the Eric Bischoff era after Bill Watts left. And I remember the, the main event was a uh, White Castle of Fear. Is that a sandwich match? What the hell was that? Uh, White Castle of Fear leather strap match. Big Van Bader defeated Sting. 22 years ago on Monday Night Raw from New York City. New York City? Extreme Championship Wrestling invades the Manhattan Center. Uh, that was the, be the last time that uh, Raw was filmed at the Manhattan Center until Raw 25, by the way. 
Ken Shamrock was there, made his debut. Had a little, had a little brush up of Farouk, Ron Simmons. Twenty, it's hard to believe. It's twenty-two years, eighteen years ago, uh, WWF presented No Way Out from the Thomas and Mack Center. Interesting backstory here: uh, Triple H defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin two falls to one in a three stages of hell match. Austin won the standard match, regular rules. Triple H won the street fight, which is the second fall, to tie it all up. And then Triple H landed on top of Austin uh, to win the steel cage matchup. A win is a win, my friend. And also on that card, The Rock defeated Kurt Angle to win the WWF title. And by the way, that win made The Rock the first six-time WWF champion in company history. My side story to that was the night before, I was with the Honorable Governor of Minnesota at a XFL game in Chicago, setting out in the uh, lower level of the bowl, not in the press box, uncovered uh, in a sleet, cold, cold. Uh, I, it was so cold, I lost my testicles. I couldn't find them for a couple of days. I'm kidding. It's only a day. Uh, it was cold. So that's where I was. And then we, I flew with Vince on the company plane back to uh, uh, Vegas and uh, got a little sleep and then went out and tried to kick some ass with this, uh, this card. It's a good card, too. And Triple H and Austin had a really good match, as, as did Rock and Angle. How could they have a bad match? God's sakes. 16 years ago, uh, WWE presented No Way Out from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Pat Patterson's hometown. And Stone Cold defeated Eric Bischoff, which was Austin's first appearance since he had uh, left WWE the previous summer. So a uh, big, big moment. And uh, the match itself, was it a great match? Well, how could it be a great match? Eric doesn't have the skill set that Austin does. Nobody, he didn't, he, I guarantee he'll tell you the same thing, but the drama, uh, uh, and the angst and the heat that Bischoff brought into the match made the match. People paid money to see Eric get his ass whipped by Stone Cold and it worked. And then finally, uh, and I said, there's always a, some, a, something big happens on the week of in any wrestling week or this week in wrestling five years ago. Uh, the WWE Network was launched in the United States. And I remember Vince and I had many, many meetings about buying these libraries and what the, what we could potentially do. At one time, we talked about doing a, a regular uh, cable channel. Uh, like, you know, uh, they were doing these new things then, like, uh, you know, there were different weather channels. There was the, uh, you know, uh, travel channel. So, you know, the wrestling channel. We had all this footage. And that was the direction at that time. Then the business models were ran, and you find out that you can have less hassle. You can keep all your money if you have your own network. So if you can you can endure the startup costs, it's a great investment, and it has been a great investment. So the WWE Network has a birthday, five-year-old birthday this week. And uh, moving right along here, this is kind of a fun part, the birthdays. I like birthdays. I like celebrations. Don't you? Uh, on Wednesday, as I'm recording this, uh, Gail Kim celebrates a birthday. I still say that Gail Kim is as good as any female wrestler that I've ever been around. Uh, I'm glad that she's uh, doing well. She's a very nice lady. Um, she's beautiful, athletic, and knows how to wrestle and respects the business. Good for Gail. 
Uh, Ghetto, the booker in New Japan, is 50 today on Wednesday. Antonio Inoki, 76, I think. Uh, it has on my sheet 75, but I think he's 76. He went to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010. And the, the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, would have been 98 on Wednesday. He passed away in 1992, and he went to the WWE Hall of Fame in 1994. On Thursday, happy birthday to a good dude, Tyrus Rodas Clay, 46. Very intelligent guy. I really have a lot of respect for him. Carlito, 40. Man, Carlito made a – they ought to do a, show, a bachelor show with Carlito. He gets results. I think he should write a book about his conquests. He notched his gun, folks. I'll tell you that. Right or wrong. 40 years old on Thursday. Rhonda Singh, also known as Bertha Fay, for a cup of coffee in the WWE, uh, would have been 58. She passed away in 2001, uh, ironically trained by Mildred Burke. And the, and the movie Millie that I'm, I'm working on with Ash Avelson is going to happen, by the way. Dos Caras, the father of Alberto Del Rio, one of the most respected and talented athletes from south of the border, is 68 on Thursday. Held a hand, too, in his day. On Saturday, Ed Tutal Jones uh, will be 68. He was a guest referee at WrestleMania II Battle Royal. Corey Graves, uh, the ubiquitous Corey Graves, who's on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown at the announce table, uh, will be 35 on Saturday. Corey's getting some bad publicity from some personal issues that really don't need to be publicly aired. I'm not going to go into any details because I don't think it's any of my business or yours. But I can wish him happy birthday on Saturday, 35. Does a good job. Floyd Mayweather Jr. Uh, ain't got to worry where his next payday is coming from, but he's, he'll be 42 on Saturday. I loved his uh, the presentation of Build Up for WrestleMania 24 uh, with a big show. And when Floyd hit that shot and broke the Big Show's nose, whether the show knew it was coming or not, he might not have known exactly when, you talk about a big man been getting pissed off. I've heard the – you remember the old deal with uh, Chris Farley, fat man and a little – well, Floyd, Big Show was a, a big man with a busted nose. And it was – and when he went after Floyd, Floyd almost got ran over by his own bodyguards. It was a funny deal. It looked like they were unloading the clown car at the circus. And then Boss Root and the guy struck a great deal. Former New Japan guy, MMA fighter, great Muay Thai uh, expertise, hell of a striker, and a nice gentleman. Boss Root is 54 on Saturday. Shinsuke Nakamura's birthday is Sunday. He'll be 39. 39. Interesting, huh? How much longer does he have in WWE? Because... Shinsuke, as much I, I touted when I did uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine in the Tokyo Dome, I saw him uh, in person for the first time. I thought, man, this son of a gun is spectacular. He's as good as I've seen, but he's never been able to capture that same magic since coming to WWE. And I don't know. I'm not going to run to the old excuse. Well, it's the creator's fault. I don't know whose fault it is. It just isn't the same. And uh, it's unfortunate because Shinsuke Nakamura can be an extraordinary, extraordinary talent. And uh, whether we like it or not, without being xenophobic, he should be a, a, a real dastardly villain. 
Uh, on Monday, she gets more beautiful every day. Maria Canellis was 37. Uh, just love her energy and her personality. Uh, she's 37 on Monday. I know she's doing some uh, wrestling drills. She's trying to get – that's where her future is. you got to learn to work a little bit, take some bumps, make it look good. Sean O'Hare passed away in 2014, a suicide, unfortunately, but he would have been 48 on Sunday. And, of course, uh, on Monday, I'm saying. Uh, and, then of course, on Monday, the big celebration on Raw, the Nature Boy, the Nature, will be 70. There have been mornings when I got up out of my bed after being uh, up all night with the Nature drinking that I thought I would, I would not make it to my next birthday, much less him, because he did it daily. But there he is. God bless. He's, a, he's upright. He's alive. He is alive at 70 on Monday. Big birthday celebration. Hope you watch it. And then on Tuesday, ironically, it would have been Reed Flair's birthday. He would have been 31, God bless him. Uh, passed away in 2013. Uh, Pentagon Jr., 34 on uh, Tuesday. Chuck Wepner. The Bayonne Bleeder. He fought Ali, uh, fought Ali, and then he fought Andre the Giant. Uh, Big Chuck, 80. I met him in Tulsa or here in Oklahoma City. What a nice man. What a what a what a nice dude. And I did not detect uh, the punch drunk stuff. I really enjoyed meeting him. But he he parlayed an average boxing skill with great character of building and personality into a good career. Mark Lewin, man, maniac Mark Lewin, 82 on Tuesday. Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, he could be extraordinary. He could be extraordinary. I remember Jerry Briscoe telling me he had to carry the magic cookies from uh, somewhere to somewhere, and uh, it, they were working in Australia. So he was the, uh, he was the mule to take care of Mark Lewin and uh, King Curtis Ikea. <laughs> Oh, this wrestling been something else, right? And then finally, on uh, birthdays, a good way to end it. He was a major, major star, big player, power player. Uh, the late Vern Gagne would have been 93 on Tuesday. He passed away in 2015. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, NCAA champion, uh, you know, the head honcho of AWA. Uh, Vern always said that he was my wrestling grandfather. And that comes from Bill Watts being his wrestling son. And me being a watch protege. Didn't bother me. Hey, if I got teachings from Vern Gagne and Eddie Graham, Vince Sr., uh, from Cowboy, who had worked for those guys, then so be it. I loved it. it. Made me better. Made me better. Pat Patterson, Roy Shire, all these old promoters uh, had, had they mentored people that I got to train under or that influenced me. So how lucky have I been in my, my career? Blessed, boy. Blessed, blessed, blessed. So uh, that's the birthdays for this week, folks. And whatever you do, I want to wish all you guys and gals a happy birthday. And remember, remember this. Good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Well, it's mailbag time here on the Jim Ross Report. And remember, you can send us your questions, your comments, whatever you'd like to, for us to uh, look over to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's your address. And uh, hit us with what you're thinking about or your questions. This one's from uh, uh, Brendan Ricker. Do you think having a mat covering the steel floor in the elimination chamber takes away from the authenticity of the match? 
I personally brought into the believability when it was not covered. Love the show, and I look forward to many more years of religious listening. Well, thank you very much, Brendan. Uh, it may it may have lost a little bit of its uh, presentation sizzle when he when he covered up the steel grades with, with whatever. Uh, but I think what you what you may lose in the feel, uh, as you mentioned, the authenticity, uh, you gain many times over in safety. And if safety is not always your first priority in uh, structuring a pro wrestling match, then you're missing a boat. That's my thoughts on that, Brendan. Thanks for writing us, by the way. Gareth Lewis. I just watched a documentary on the NFL's Lyle Alzado. Was he ever uh, offered a chance by the NWA? Uh, Especially after his TV show, Learning the Ropes, which had many NWA superstars in it. He was deemed big enough of a draw to have an amateur fight with Muhammad Ali. I remember that. Uh, Lyle had health issues. He didn't die of cancer. He was very dependent on uh, uh, performance-enhancing uh, chemicals. So he was breaking down, I guess I'm trying to say, and he was using every shortcut and every Band-Aid he could to stay in the game a little longer. If he had started early and was healthy, would Lyle Alzado have been a potentially uh, good pro wrestler? I would, I would say yes, absolutely. Big physical, giant personality, athletic, had a great reputation coming out of the NFL as a killer. And he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a technique guy. I, I don't remember specifically any talks about uh, Lyle, but I do remember casual talks about Lyle Alzado. And uh, I think he ended up finally, before a decision was made by him, his people, uh, that he started uh, going downhill health-wise. All right. Well, by the way, that was uh, Gareth was from uh, Melbourne, Australia. Thanks, Gareth, for the the uh, email. The Jim Ross report at gmail.com, of course. Okay, uh, G Mac. Uh, hi, Mr. Ross. First of all, I'm JR. Mr. Ross is my father, but thank you. I've been a pro wrestling fan since 1985. My question is about the AEW, of course. Why, of course? What five backstage talent or top office personnel that are free agents that you know of? or would and could make a positive impact for AEW. Thank you thank you for all you've given to the fans of Pro Wrestling. Well, no, thank you, G. G Mac. G. Uh, I don't have any idea whose contracts are coming up. Uh, not my hill to die on, as Paul Heyman and I used to discuss. But to say that the biggest challenge for uh, AEW is going to be uh, getting that great television time on a viable network that is accessible and easily found, that's their biggest challenge. There's a lot of talent that will be available you come along. And what that gives you, too, if, you, if you're waiting on contracts to end or whatever, it keeps the newness available. Uh, you don't have to – you can bring talents in and sprinkle them in because wrestling fans, as I've always said, love new. They love new stars. So uh, – I wish I could answer it better for you, G. I just can't. Don't know. Uh, Michael Cohen, huge fan of your podcast, says Michael. Uh, I listen to your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Good to know that. My question is, and especially important since uh, your guest on the coming new episode is none other than Conrad Thompson. Question is, would you 
along with Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, ever consider going on a North American tour together? Absolutely. You'll find all three, Bischoff, Brucey, and me, and along with Connie. Oh, my boy, those chicks, they're so wonderful. Uh, we all have one thing in common. We're all capitalists. If we can go out and make a payday, earn it, and entertain the audience, sure, why not? Uh, that would be quite the road show, wouldn't you think? And maybe the taking an a E&G camera uh, to the tavern after the show might even be better than the shows. Who knows? But, yes, the answer is yes, no doubt about it. And finally, uh, Yadu Christenen. Yadu. Nice name. I've never heard that one before. I'm a great fan of yours. Love the commentary of yours and Jerry Lawler together. You make a great pair. Thank you. We thought so. My question to you is this. Will you ever come back as a full-time commentator on WWE? Please answer my question. <laughs> okay, that's why we're here. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. WWE, is, uh, they, they're uh, constantly trying to get younger, more TV-friendly, of which I am neither. Uh, you know, nobody will tell you that because uh, because of political correctness, it's, it's, uh, it's lawsuit-worthy. But I, I, I don't. I think the ship has sailed for me. I have my. I had twenty six years there so far. I've had. I have nothing to bitch about or complain about. I made a, a lot of money more than I ever dreamed I'd make in the wrestling business. Much more. I travel the world. I got to be an administrator with with some regard and with some success. And then uh, working with the King and Paul Heyman as well uh, at ringside for all those years. Uh, it's a dream come true. So I got nothing to complain about, but am I going back as a full-time commentator on WWE? My, my, my answer would be no. Uh, is that a final, 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 final? No, not really final, final, but I just don't see it happening. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So, uh, and we'll find out soon. Cause I'm my, my, my contract's up there at the end of March. So we'll see what happens after that. Whatever, whatever it is, is going to be good. You know why it's going to be good? Because that's what I choose it to be. I choose positive. As I said many times, I don't have room in my carry-on for negativity. And then I'm going to close with this one. This is from uh, Tyler and his wife, Lauren, in Tennessee. Traveling to North Carolina for a romantic Valentine getaway with my wife, I purposely took a different route that had an Ingalls along the way. As an avid listener, I learned these stories, these stores carry your sauce. And since there's not one where I live, this was a great move. I bought nine bottles of barbecue sauce, mustard, and ketchup. I attempt to pay, uh, and my card is declined. His credit card is declined. I made a quick call to the bank, received, some, received information that someone had fraudulently stolen my card number. And thus my account was frozen until I could get a new card. I was heartbroken. Jim, my wife, came to the rescue and bought me $30 worth of your much-anticipated and delicious sauces for me as a Valentine's gift. You got a good in there, Tyler. Any woman that does that for you is definitely a keeper. Amen, brother. As Gordon Sully would say, uh-uh, amen. Uh, she's uh, quite the woman. Six feet tall, a yard wide. I'm kidding. I don't, I don't think about Lauren. Uh, we listened to your latest podcast while on our trip 
and she totally popped when I when she heard the spot in your show talking about the sauce. There you go. Tyler, you got a good wife, a good woman. Lauren, thank you very much for making your husband happy with my products. It's a family business for us, and we appreciate everybody's support, whether you get it at Ingalls Groceries or, or on www.shop.com. We thank you, and have a, I'm glad you had a great Valentine's Day, Tyler and Lauren. Thank you, too. And that's the mailbag for this week. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? You know, the only way to welcome this guest this week to our show is to say Roll Tide. Conrad Thompson's joining us. He's a, the, he's busier than a fruit merchant, ladies and gentlemen. And he's got a, <laughs> ma- a massive event called StarCast 2 coming to Las Vegas. You guys know about it. If you don't know about it, shame on you. May 23rd to 26th. It's the weekend of the big event there that uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling is going to be promoting. Uh, but, Conrad, this is – I look at your – I was telling you off the air that your roster is damn impressive. It's as impressive as any con, Comic-Con thing, or any kind of gathering, a reunion event, as, as, as I've ever seen. It's just amazing what the talent you accumulated. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, we uh, I sort of found myself as a – accidental promoter last year when I had an idea to say, Hey, this big show you're going to promote all in. What if we did a convention around it and you had somebody to work with you instead of counter programming you with other matches and mm-hmm. other wrestling matches and things like that. And Cody and the bucks were all for it. And so, uh, at that time, of course, nobody could have ever imagined all elite wrestling would be a thing, but when it became apparent, it was, I got a text from Cody that said, Hey, you want to do it again? And Jr. it about damn near killed me last year. I thought there's no way I'm ever doing this again, but <laughs> I was sort of challenged by, you know what? There was a lot of little logistical things I'd like to do again. And I think we had fun, but I can do better. And why not? So I started with a list of, Hey, who can I get this different from last year? And I think uh, mission accomplished, man. We got folks who couldn't make it last year, like sting and Rick flair and Bret Hart and, well, there was another name that came out too. Yeah, I, you know, I was listening to uh, early this morning. Uh, I was listening to the uh, Meltzer audio, just to get kind of feedback on uh, SmackDown on Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. And he said there's really a, a firestorm apparently. Now this is a, again, I, it's it's your old rumor and innuendo thing. Uh, I don't know what it is, if it's true or not, but the bottom line, and I can see it being true, is that Vince is not very happy that Undertaker's. Uh, going to be at this event that is so closely associated with AEW, even though it's a separate entity. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. Uh, you know, it, it's no secret that undertaker started to promote himself as being available for appearances and somebody even started to report what they suspected his rates would be based on an hourly rate. And by that time I had already had a deal in place, but yeah, I was sort of shocked when I learned that he was available for stuff like that. I assumed that, he would be a big part of WrestleMania and be a big part, you know, of the closely guarded group and not sort of able to freelance a little bit like, you know, Ric Flair and some other guys have been over the years. And, uh, to my surprise, we were able to put together a deal with, uh, takers management team and we're super excited to have him. Uh, but I understand how that got people talking and, you know, the publicity alone when we announced, or we had sports illustrated announced that he was coming. I mean, it was it was a worthwhile investment just for all the attention it brought our convention. Just because he's never done anything like this yeah. before. No, it, was, it it got a it created a buzz right away, and it's still out there. And the more uh, uh, speculation behind the scenes speculation that fans can absorb, uh, I think it'll just continue to grow because 
it's it's so uh, unusual for him to be outside that envelope with WWE. But here's the thing. Some, I, I, somebody asked us the other day, I said, I don't know anymore contract end dates. I used to have all that stuff. And I've probably got a lot of it still in my house, uh, my, filed away. But the, the fact that uh, Taker contract, his regular wrestling contract, may have expired. And maybe he's not getting that uh, big seven-figure guarantee that he was getting for all those years, and which was only a drop in the bucket to what he was earning, quite frankly. Uh, everybody, everybody that worked their ass off and, and, and did their business like a professional generally always out to earn their downside. So if he's got, hey, look, he's got a son in college. He's got a couple of ex-wives. He's got two young children, beautiful children. He's got a young wife who's a wonderful woman. Guy's got to make a living. And so if, you're, if your income is, your guarantee is getting reduced because you're not going to be wrestling in the ring or wrestling anywhere, then uh, why not? I don't see anything wrong with it, but it's, it'll, it's gonna, it'll come to a head somewhere down the road, and it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they position him, uh, Conrad, at WrestleMania that you brought up. Well, you know, to, to your point about it being, you know, he's got to earn a living, what a way to do it, too. You know, you and I, through the course of us doing live podcasts, we have meet and greets with the listeners to our show. And, man, that's not really work. I mean – we're no. just shaking hands with people who are excited to meet us and smiling for pictures. Doggone. I mean, I'd, I'd do that for anything. And so now the idea that, you know, you get paid a boatload of cash to do that too. That's not a bad gig. And not a, no, but you know, I don't know anything about his contracts and I mean, it never came up. I, I knew he was available. I made an offer. We Hell went back yeah. and forth. We finalized it done deal. But I did want to make clear, you know, when I had Justin sort of break the story over at sports illustrated that undertaker was going to be a star cast. Just because he's at StarCast, nobody should read into anything for All Elite Wrestling, which is the natural conclusion everybody jumps to. It's a totally different thing. And in fact, I imagine, I mean, I don't know the call time for the building for Double or Nothing that day, but I mean, he's going to be there on Saturday. So, like, there won't even be anybody from All Elite in the building. They'll all be over at MGM Grand getting ready for the big show. So, there's no crossover. It's a totally separate event, not unlike. You know, WrestleCon is every every year it's in the WrestleMania host city. But that doesn't make it a WWE event. It just happens to be in the big show's host city. And that's sort of what StarCast is doing here. Great lineup, as I mentioned earlier, folks. Uh, Sting, Bret Hart, uh, Jerry Lawler, Bruce will be there, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, Sean Mooney, Shane Helms, who's now working for WWE as an agent, a producer. He'll be there. Arn Anderson, another WWE producer. Lita. Hall of Famer, Scott Hall, Hall of Famer, Magnum T.A. should be in the Hall of Fame, Tully Blanchard, Hall of Famer, Kevin Nash, Hall of Famer, Sean Waltman's going to be in the Hall of Fame by the time this event rolls around, Ricky Steamboat, I mean, Barry Windham, Bill After, Tommy Dreamer, Terry Funk, you son of a bitch, Ross, Uh, uh, Conan, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, one of the greatest WCW champions of all time, David Arquette, um, tongue-in-cheek, I say. Brian Pillman Jr., I always enjoyed seeing that kid because I was so close to his father. Uh, and more people, more, more, more people. Of course, The Undertaker's kind of taken over. He kind of sucked up the spotlight on that deal. I'm excited about the fact that uh, uh, I'm going to be on a panel with uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat talking about their three matches in 1989. 
I believe that's a great idea that you came up with on that deal because I've never we've never done that. Uh, and and I thought that when people said they said to me, well, obviously Jr. the Okada Omega matches, the three matches you called in, in 2018 for Access TV, they had to be the greatest trilogy of matches you've ever seen in your life. I said, not so fast. Put Lee Corso here, not so fast, my friend. I had this little match, these matches in '89 with these two Rickies, Ricky Flair and Ricky Steamboat, that uh, will stand up today. And that was in 1989 when they had those matches. So I think this is going to be a cool to talk about their strategy and what was your mindset and, and what was the goal here and what, 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 you know, that kind of thing is, I think it's going to be great for wrestling fans. Yeah. And I'm proud to go ahead and announce that panel here. You know, we're calling it 30 years and five stars later. And one of the coolest <laughs> things I got to do as a fan is years ago, even before the WWE network, uh, when I was hanging out with Rick, this trilogy of matches came up and he said, you know, the Chicago one's the best one. And I said, well, I kind of like the Nashville one. And he says, yeah, everybody says that, but Chicago is the best. And I said, well, when was the last time you watched it? And he said, I've never watched it. And I actually had the match on a hard drive. So I fired it up in the home theater and we watched it. And him sort of talking me through what he was thinking as the match was happening. I mean, it's the equivalent of John Gruden, you know, going through the playbook with a quarterback where you get to really have another level, another dimension of understanding of professional wrestling. And as a fan, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And Rick wasn't available for the first star cast, but he is available here. And I thought, man, we've got to do this again. And who better than the guy who, you know, sort of wrote the lyrics to the music they made. We need JR on stage with Steamboat and Flair. And, and I just think it'll be awesome. And, and we've, I believe we're even going to have Pro Wrestling Illustrated's involvement a little bit in this panel. So we'll get to have lots of images and, and sort of break down exactly the way this trilogy rolled out in 89. I mean, people are still talking about it. And, and, and here we are in the 30-year anniversary. It was perfect timing, and, and we're thrilled to have you guys do this. Oh, I'm honored to be a part of it. Anytime I could be on the same set or same stage with uh, two guys like Flair and Steamboat, it's an honor, still an honor. And uh, even though uh, we all of, all of us, all three of us have been friends for 30-plus years, uh, it never gets old. You know, being with those guys. What else you got me doing? Well, we're going to have uh, Jr. and the King. You know, you guys have taken that show on the road. So if you can't make it in on Thursday, hopefully you can uh, check out Jr. and the King on Friday. And the rumor and innuendo is that at some point, uh, Fight is going to try to carry this whole thing. So stay tuned for details on that if for whatever reason you can't get to Las Vegas. But I, I think it's going to be a good time, man. You know, you and, you and Jr. are you and the King doing your thing like the old Attitude Era and I mean, you're the most famous wrestling duo ever behind the microphone, and the idea that we get to bring that as part of a, the overall bigger StarCast event, I just think it's a bunch of value. You know, bracelets are on sale now. It's more than two dozen events, and when you buy one bracelet, uh, you get access to all 20-something events over four days. It's uh, available now at StarCast.com. StarCast.com. You heard that, folks. Keep that uh, in mind because if you're really – look, if you're a wrestling fan, First of all, it's a holiday weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend to celebrate in Las Vegas, as are all weekends in Las Vegas. Fun to celebrate something. Make up something. Here, you don't have to make up anything. Just come to StarCast. Uh, And I'm telling you, folks, if you're a fan, really, seriously. When I was a little fat fan, which I know I'm a big fat fan, I would have have been there. I would have been begging my parents. Somehow, some way. Now I know what my dad would say. You're, you ain't. I got work for you to do. You're not going to Las Vegas, you know. And that would, and I wouldn't have gone. 
but I, my heart would have been broken. This is one of those once-in-a-lifetime events because, folks, the one thing we've got to remember, and, Connor, I think you'll agree, we don't know when the, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring any of us. Right. So if you got the opportunity to see a collection of talent, this auspicious, this famous, uh, this honored, respected, because it's going to be very difficult to ever accumulate this group together again just by natural causes and attrition. It's not. It's just tough. So uh, I, I think it's going to be great. What have, what events have you booked at Star at uh, Starcast that you personally are looking forward to, or or you're curious to see how the concept that you created is going to work out? Well, you know, that same Thursday we're gonna we're gonna kick off with what we're calling uh, an evening with uh, Cody and the Bucks, and they're gonna sort of lay out how we got here, how all of this all elite and double or nothing came to be. We're also gonna do the uh, premiere for the Joey Ryan documentary, This Is Wrestling, which I think will be fun. But then the next day, we're going to kick it sort of old school, and we're going to do the empty arena retrospective, where we'll have Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk revisit that old famous match from Memphis, and Bill After is going to help us host that. Cool. Uh, Sting is going to do a one-man show with Tony Schiavone that we're calling Behind the Paint. We'll examine that new Nitro book with the author of the book and lots of folks who were there at WCW, including a name I haven't announced yet, but... Kevin Sullivan will be there. J.J. Dillon will be there. Eric Bischoff will be there, the author, and one other name that we're working on. And the thing that I think uh, Tony Schiavone was most excited about is when I shared a schedule with him, I had like a, a backup lineup of shows. Like, hey, if one of these doesn't work out, I'd really like to do this. And, and that panel was what I called I Quit with Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard. And Tony Schiavone saw it and said, not only do you have to have it, I have to host it. So we're going to do that one on Friday as well. And then Saturday, we're going to do something totally different. We're going to have Jim Johnston in there for something we call Behind the Themes. And he's going to play the original theme songs and sort of give you an idea of how those theme songs came together for the different superstars. Then a Bret Hart one-man show, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. X-Pac's going to do a panel about the Attitude Era with a bunch of those talent. And then we'll wind things up on Sunday with uh, a panel remembering Brian Pillman that we're calling Crazy Like a Fox that sort of celebrates that book that came out last year. A live talk is Jericho. Uh, I think Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray are going to do something. We'll have a panel from Lita on women's wrestling. We're going to celebrate Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn's rivalry from 20 years ago in ECW. And uh, allegedly, we're going to have one more major show that we're going to announce on Sunday that might involve our old friend Kenny McIntosh from across the pond. Cool. Good. Well, you got so much going on, folks. Remember, uh, StarCast.com. Is that right, Conrad? StarCast.com? And there's two R's in StarCast, just like Starcade. It's a little nod to the great Dusty Roads. Absolutely. S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T. Absolutely. He was the best at that stuff. He was the the best big event promoter or booker that I ever worked with in 40-plus years. He had the great visions of the uh, grandiose, you know, panoramic, so to speak, uh, events. And Stark, I remember when he did Stark, Starcade, he spelled it with two R's. I called his hand on that, and he smiled because he knew. He knew I knew, but it was just a way to get around copyright issues and intellectual property issues and different spelling, so forth and so on. And at the end of the day, who the hell cares? It's a great okay. title. Who's it bothering? Come on. So, uh well, man, you got you got everybody there. I I don't have any Hall of Famers. I lost track. It's like, there are tons of them, and uh, and of course everybody's going to be excited about the uh, the first uh, big major event there. Uh, are you surprised? Because I am a bit. 
be honest, fully being fully transparent. I try to be honest. And for somebody who's been in the wrestling business for 45 plus years, being honest is tough. Uh, you're just used to lying to everybody. The first liar, like a fisherman, ain't got a chance. So uh, I, I, I just, I think this, uh, this roster is just, I, I'm, I'm amazed with it, man. Uh, you got, you got so many toys to play with. It's like having a roster, a talent roster, and you can book whatever the hell you want. And you got, you got four days to do it. And I think that's just goddamn wonderful. I really do. I think it's a great idea. I, I, I want to help you all I can. And we will here on the show as much as we possibly can. Uh, I need to get some guests on that are going to be appearing at it. So we can talk about that and, uh, and their careers. Maybe Waltman or some of those dudes that just go in the Hall of Fame and help them out a little bit too. Uh, but how have you found? I'm sure the answer is yes here. I want to be masking, but I'm assuming that you got unlimited cooperation from AEW's people, Tony Khan and Cody, the Bucks, and so forth. Uh, that's uh, goes that saying. Am I right? Well, we're sort of the uh, official unofficial in that. You know, Cody and I have become big buddies in real life, and he sort of rolled the dice on this idea because I'd never done anything like this last year, and people seem to have fun at All In and StarCast. So we're going to try to recreate that magic that we had in Chicago and Las Vegas. But, yeah, so far so good. You know, we've got all the major players, you know, Jericho, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody, you know, SCU, everybody from AEW is either announced or we're going to try to find a way to get them over to StarCast just as a way, if nothing else, maybe they can't get on stage or their schedule doesn't allow that, uh, then they'll certainly be available for meet and greets and photo ops and autographs and all that type of stuff that you would expect at one of these. So, yeah, we're excited to have them and, and, and hope that we can continue to do stuff with them. But I understand that uh, the politics and wrestling are real, and I'm learning more and more <laughs> of that every day. Yeah, they are, buddy. Unfortunately, wrestling uh, the back the back scenes of wrestling sometimes uh, emulate the public scenes that uh, the the president tweets about. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, calamity, chaos, and mistrust. I just heard today that. Uh, uh, Ty Dillinger has asked for his release from WWE. I don't know if he's going to move the needle or not. But it's just an in- indicative of a guy. There's other guys like him. He's 38 years old, and so the old, he ain't getting no younger adage fits there. So you either need to you need to either uh, do do or get off the pot. And he's been there five years, and I, I the only thing I remember him getting was a t-shirt. So I, I don't know. I guys like that. It's going to be interesting to see how they fill the roster. And it looks like they're trying to fill the roster, Conrad, with guys that can actually are athletic and fundamentally sound. So I hope that they do a lot of wrestling and not a lot of sophomore drama class stuff, which I don't think that they will, speaking of AEW. Well, I'll tell you, I hope that, you know, some of what we've grown to know and love from being the elite translates to the big screen because, you know, that really is the secret sauce that I don't think enough people champion. You know, the the Young Bucks years ago making the decision that, hey, we're not only going to control our performance and our content we want to control the delivery mechanism and we want to control the distribution mm-hmm. and when they just started a youtube channel which doesn't seem all that revolutionary really when you think about it they got so much momentum they sold out the sears center i mean in a hiccup and now yeah. they've done it again with the mgm grand garden arena and i think the the youtube and the creativity that those guys have been able to input 
and not having, you know, 42 script writers and the guys just sort of saying, hey, what about this? And ta-da, uh, you, you at home get the magic that is being the elite. And so you, you become endeared to these guys and you feel like you know them, you like them, you trust them. So when they announce they're going to run a big show, you want to be a part of it. And I hope that as this thing gets bigger, that, that sort of same vibe and feel exists because I think, as you would say, that's what brought them to the dance. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, and it's going to be an exciting time for everybody. It's going to be an exciting time for the business. And uh, if the WWE is, is having an issue, let's say let's say it's true that they're once they found out Taker's going to do an event that's somewhat associated or affiliated or related, whatever, to uh, AEW, uh, that they had a they have they're having issues. My theory would be you're overthinking it. You're, this guy has deserves what he's what he's able to uh, secure. He has a family to take care of. He has overhead. You know he didn't live in a double wide outside of El Paso. He has a you know he's he's living a good life and he wants to maintain that. And why not? So I I just don't understand that. I don't want my talent making all the money they could because nothing makes talents happier, Conrad, as you well know, man. When guys have issues in a wrestling company, it's usually one of the two C's, cash or creative. That's right. And you can cut it any way you want, but it's those two factors are always going to be major elements to dissension or I want to leave. And then, of course, we both know that we've been around enough people, and I don't exclude myself in this category. There's a certain amount of paranoia. There's a certain amount of uh, uh, you know uh, lack of self-esteem sometimes. We worry about or how much longer do we have have left. And you get a guy like me, me guys like me and you, you and me, uh, I should say, or you and I, are not supposed to be on television. In today's yeah. world, based, based on somebody's rules, they're fucking not my rules. I can tell you that right now. But the issue is is that uh, I, I, I just think that the, uh, the thing that people start bracketing us or categorizing people, you know, fat Southern guys, uh, especially one with the Bell's palsy that can't smile. That some bitch ain't got no reason to be on television, according to the. But you look on the. There's a lot of a lot of ways to test that. I'm trying to wandering here, but it's just frustrating sometimes. I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing, uh, because you are a new guy on the scene in wrestling. Uh, you, we you know we know you're Ric Flair's son-in-law. I, congratulations on that, by the way, your marriage. Uh, got a good girl there, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, it's a good time to grow. It's a good time to expand. It's a good time to try different things. And uh, I, I'm, I really applaud you, brother. For You're brave. And you're an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. That's what I enjoy. And by the way, we're going to do some things. You want to talk about the, our little Monday night thing after Raw? Man, I'm excited to do that because, you know, the biggest Raw every single year is the Monday after WrestleMania, and we want to keep the party going. So just a couple of days ago, we announced that Bruce Pritchard, good old JR, and myself, we're doing a show right after Raw, the biggest Raw of the year, right after WrestleMania. It'll be a late-night show, which is always a blast. I'm sure the uh, the brown water will be flowing. We're going to have some fun, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Tickets are on sale now at BrucePritchard.com. And uh, the, New York is sort of our home away from home, our second home for something to wrestle. We've done so many shows there, and I'm excited because this is the first time we've ever done anything like this with you. So what yeah. do you expect out of this one, JR? Sell out. Sell out. Go. We've got 700 seats to sell, and, and by God, we're going to sell them. 
uh, because we're going to work at it. I think it's going to be – I did a uh, – Conrad, I, I don't know if you remember, the at the WrestleMania in Dallas, I had I did three shows there at the House of Blues, which is a walking distance from the uh, American Airlines uh, Center. Right. And uh, I did a show after Raw that was the most fun show I've ever done because people were buzzed. They were drinking. They were happy. They had had a great week. There's so much to talk about. We're going to do a Q&A. And the Q&A, folks, will be, uh, is, is there ain't no censorship in our, our shows. Ask what the hell you, you pay your mission to get in. Come in, have a good time, have a few drinks, enjoy, and we'll talk about the weekend. There's so much to talk about from the the, the Ring of Honor, New Japan Garden Show to the NXT TakeOver to the, who's going to go in the Hall of Fame, what happened at WrestleMania, what happened on Monday Night Raw. Because a lot of folks, as I, at least in my opinion, is they, they leave on Tuesday. A lot of the locals will stay, but a lot of the, the people that are traveling, they've had all they can handle financially and time-wise. So I think we're going to do really well, and BruceFritchard.com has got your tickets. Don't you know? It's going to be a it's going to be a great time. It's going to be unlike any other show. I'm predicting, Conrad, that you and Bruce and or I, I have ever done. No, I'm sure of that. And you know, one of the silly things that Bruce and I do is we have anybody who's seen the show on the network knows we have what I like to call just heads on sticks. And Bruce does all these silly caricature impressions. <laughs> and the idea that he's going to get to be some of those characters and have a conversation with Jr. Hilarity ensues. This is going to be fun. And, and JR may have a character to come back with him at this answer to somebody else. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, man. Yeah. So, I, oh, it's going to be great. I, I, you know, I did uh, Bruce's uh, piece of business with him last week. What'd you say that's called? Patreon. Bruce and JR right now. It's over at patreon.com forward slash something to wrestle. We don't normally do guests, uh, but Bruce uh, broke the rules for good old JR, and you guys had some fun. Yeah, we did. I said, well, you know, God. Conrad, we've been friends for so damn long. A lot of peaks and valleys, a lot of the, the interesting journey for Brucey and I. And I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, you've you've been you've been so valuable to him, his life and getting him back focused and back going and using his creativity in a in a, in a positive way. Uh, you should be uh, you should be commended for that because he's too big a talent, too good a talent to not be utilizing it. I think he's one of the best storytellers ever, and he just has natural charisma, but. For whatever reason, he had uh, maybe a string of bad luck and then maybe got in his head a little bit. And through this podcast, he's able to sort of find himself again. And as a result, he's having more fun in wrestling than he ever has. And I don't think anybody would have predicted that just a few years ago. No, I, I, here's what I was shocked and pleasantly so, that uh, you guys had your show back on the, the WWE Network uh, for that run. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was really creative. You didn't overthink things. So I guess my question to you is, are you going to do it again sometime on the network? Are you guys, is there any, are you, in, is there anything in play to, to, to get your show back on television there? Yeah. The, the WWE was really happy with it. You know, they were really happy with the downloads and the performance and, uh, they want to do more stuff with something to wrestle. So I do think that the show will be back. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to uh, be a year round show. You know, you look at season one of the edge and Christian show and then, you know, it's years in between the second one. I don't think it'll be that, but I do think that if we, well, not if, but when we bring it back, we'll probably retool it a little bit because just from a logistical standpoint, they wanted to get it out so fast last time that we were taping 
taping shows on Sunday mornings. And as you know, JR, that production crew, if it's a pay-per-view day, man, it's all hands on deck on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Monday and Tuesday are no different because you've got Raw <laughs> and SmackDown. Well, our show came out on Wednesday. So when it came time to really, you know, go find these clips and, and splice them in and, and just the production side of the show, they didn't give themselves a big enough window. I think when we do it again, I would like to let's do them in person together at the same time and just put a whole bunch of them in the can over the course of several days. And then they've got plenty of time, you know, days, weeks, months, whatever it takes to put in all that footage that really tells the story. Because I don't feel like that production staff, although they're awesome, I think, you know, the timing of us doing a Sunday morning and it coming out Wednesday with pay-per-views and two TV shows, maybe they didn't have as much time. And with a little more time, could it have been a little better? I think it could. So I hope when we when we do it again, we give ourselves a little bit more time to work on the final product. Starcast.com is your your website, uh, folks. Tickets, information, logistics, uh, hotel packages, uh, everything you can think of is at uh, Starcast.com. So I can't encourage you to go there enough. It don't cost nothing to look, kids don't cost a damn thing so check it out go to the site look it over and and you'll like me you'll it'll be an easy decision to make i want to put your booking hat on here real quick uh what's your take on uh the wrestlemania main event specifically is it going to be a women in the main event closing the show or not uh and what's your thoughts on the uh becky lynch scenario who should she work with at wrestlemania well, I mean, I think it's definitely got to be the women. I think that's, you know, been clear for a while. They're the hottest thing going in the company right now and what's getting the most attention and the most debate. So I think this is their year to let them shine and let them make history. And I would I would suspect that it's probably going to be a three-way. You know, I'm not privy to any sort of creative, but it does feel very Daniel Bryan-esque from WrestleMania 30 where, you know, he had to overcome an injury and the authority and all odds and – by hook or crook, he found his way into that main event, and it was a three-way, and at the end of the night, he had his hand raised. And if that's the story that we're trying to look for with Becky Lynch, I think it'll be one heck of a story because they're they're restless right now with the idea that it's going to be Ronda and Charlotte. So I'm hopeful that that's what, you know, we get because I think, you know, the the roof is going to come off that place if, if that's the way it comes down. But I won't be disappointed if it's just Charlotte and Ronda. I think that's a big-time main event and big-time athletes. But if you want to give the fans what they want, I think Becky Lynch has got to find a way in there, and it's it's her Daniel Bryan moment from WrestleMania 30 all over again. Yeah, I agree with you, Connie. I agree with you. Man, the thing uh, – I told Charlotte this. Uh, I don't I don't know how she accepted it. I think it was fine. I mean, she didn't, didn't uh, you know, punch me or nothing. Uh, I said, you're like, you're, you're Vince's uh, female Hulk Hogan. You're big. You're, she's six, one or two, whatever the hell she is. She's blonde. Uh, she has a, a, a great physique. She's a m- much better athlete than Hogan, uh, ever was, but he was the greatest attraction, uh, other than maybe the undertaker that the WWE's ever had attraction wise. Uh, so I, I, I think she's, uh, I think Charlotte is set. If I've got, if I'm doing the three way, Becky's got to beat Rhonda because Rhonda may, may be leaving soon to go have a child. Who knows? I don't know, but I, I think she's probably got the leeway to go and come when she pleases. And she's a young woman 
Those biological clocks continue to tick, et cetera, et cetera. Us guys would really not understand that. But if she wants to start a family, you can't wait too long, and it'd be, you know, it's not really ideal. So I think if, if it's a three-way, Becky's got to beat uh, Rhonda, which leaves the Becky-Charlotte uh, rivalry still, quite frankly, intact. And yeah, the, and, and, you know. and they were both in the main event, you know, so – Let's pretend for a minute that what you said and the rumor and innuendo is true and that Rhonda's going to leave for a little while. Wouldn't you rather have two women who have the ability to say they main evented WrestleMania, you know, to, to sort of quote-unquote get the rub, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word? If, 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 if two ladies are able to say, no, I main evented WrestleMania, and, and to your point, you didn't beat me. I mean, right. now, now we're off to the races, and maybe we've got something for SummerSlam or Survivor Series or something that can carry us to the next WrestleMania because – that feud is going to be there for a long time just because, you know, there's no better story than we were once best friends and, and now we hate each other. That's classic storytelling, and, and I think that makes sense to do a three-way that way. And I hope that's what we see, but I'm a homer. Obviously, I'm, I'm pulling for Charlotte to be in the main event. Sure. And, and look, she's done more for uh, the women's side as far as showing athleticism. Here's obviously to me, and I, and I'm a, I love Charlotte since she's a little girl, uh, that's how long I've been around, but, uh, I, I, I just think that Charlotte is almost bulletproof, uh, almost Teflon coated. She's that good. Uh, she's going to be the centerpiece of that division. However, the female that came on the scene that got the most publicity and media coverage for WWE and specifically for the women is Ronda Rousey. Right now, and all this deck shuffling and all these imaginations have evolved. All of a sudden, this little tough redheaded girl from Ireland has taken the world by storm. That's a blessing in disguise because you got another person that's over that essentially got over on their own uh, passion and their own work. They didn't, you know, it was just a what an elaborate plan to get to get Becky over. It got over because she's she's that damn good, and and people just connected with her. Almost simultaneously, and that created a groundswell. It's like the Austin thing. One day he's a heel, a boring heel as a ringmaster, uh, with my good friend Ted DiBiase as his manager. And Stone Cold didn't need a manager, but th- be that as it may, but all of a sudden, you know, he's he's on fire. I remember Austin telling me one time, Conrad at a TV, he was a heel at that time, and so after the show was over, he's sitting there and he's all uh, uh, intense and very concerned. And I said, what? You know, of course, we've got a great relationship. I said, what the hell's wrong with you? You had a great match tonight. And he said, I said, and flush, you're going to, you don't maybe not realize it right now. You're going to be an amazing baby face here. And man, he cut a promo on me like I'd stole his money and cut his slash his tires or whatever. He, he ripped my ass, man, because he said, that's exactly what I don't want to be. I don't want to be a goddamn baby face. I said, well, did you realize that the goddamn baby faces sell a lot of t-shirts and you'd realize you get that check every quarter? So then subsequently, uh, I, I gave him a check, uh, delivered a check for over a million dollars for one quarter of merchandise sale. One quarter. Yeah, a million. And I said, Here, t- here's, your, uh, here's your T-shirt money. It's more than that, but, you know, it's the old slang. Here's your T-shirt money. And uh, I said, now, ain't you glad you're baby face? After he saw the check, seven-figure flush, man. That's a good payday. For selling shirts and that's bumpless money. <laughs> so I, love I think, it. Bumpless yeah, money. Yeah, and I think I think I think Becky's just right place, right time. Got over, and as you come as you come out of 
WrestleMania, what you want to have is you want to have uh, Charlotte good, Becky good, and and Ron, if Ronda loses a match, anybody that thinks losing one match, Conrad, and you're not undefeated anymore, is going to ruin somebody's career, is pet coon goofy. Don't make any sense. Yeah, they haven't paid much attention to wrestling because that's, that's not the case. And for that matter, it's not even the case with boxing or MMA. You know, uh, Conor McGregor was still a massive draw after he lost the match. I mean, he's still setting records after losing a match. So yep. it's not the end of the world. Uh, no. But the story that they're doing right now, I mean, it's what everybody's talking about. So mission accomplished, WWE. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm excited. I appreciate the invite to come uh, be a part of StarCast 2. What's the, what's the website, kids? StarCast.com. You got it. There you go. There you go. And uh, uh, my uh, setting with uh, these Hall of Fame guys and talking and about moments of our in our career and in the business, uh, I can't uh, thank you enough for that opportunity because Rick and uh, Flair and Steamboat, they just made magic. They were sometimes, and I told them, I'll probably say this in, this, in Vegas, sometimes, Conrad, they were too smooth. Right. Sometimes their, their transitions were almost seemingly, I know they weren't, but seemingly were effortless, and they never missed a beat. And that's just hard to replicate. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to put reality to that because it was so surreal. It, can it be this good? Yeah, it can. And they were. So, uh, well, look, good luck on your trip to New York City. Have some good food there while you're there. And uh, I love my bookings. I love being a part of this. And anything I can do to help you, let me know. If you got any guests you want me to hop on the show, uh, you know, Eric or uh, Bruce, for that matter, you're, you know, you're, you're welcome anytime. But all these guys, Tony Schiavone, I'd love to have him on the, on the show. And, and, and promoting a lot of things, but certainly focusing on, on StarCast 2. So, uh, well, I you... appreciate that, man. And I want to mention, too, that at StarCast.com, we've also got uh, deals on hotels, airfare, and car rentals. So I know a lot of times people think, oh, that's too expensive. I can't afford that. The gold bracelet is, is only 179 bucks. Get you all access to all these events for four days. So you're paying a couple bucks a show. But then, you know, you've got great hotel deals where some of these hotel links, we've got rooms for under $50 a night. And discounts wow. from major airlines where you can get 10% off and a hookup for car rental. So you can do this very cost-effectively. And where else, as JR said, could you go and see everybody from Ric Flair to Kenny Omega and everybody in between? It's StarCast.com, and, and we hope you'll find a way to be there. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. The greats of yesterday and the, the future greats of tomorrow, all that coming together in Las Vegas. What better party town, entertaining town. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Conrad, look, have a great day. Thanks for joining me. Uh, and uh, we'll, we're will we going to be spending a lot of time together in the month of April, it looks like. So uh, let the brown water flow and give me some red meat. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, buddy. Safe travels. I certainly appreciate Conrad Thompson uh, for joining me here today and uh, informing us what's going to be going down at StarCast 2. May 23rd through 26th in Las Vegas. Uh, tickets on sale right now at StarCast.com. It's a weekend you don't want to miss, folks. It really is. I mean, they, I'm a, I'm very jacked to see all this talent. Some of the biggest, brightest stars that I've ever had the opportunity to inter, interface with will be in at StarCast 2. Going to be great. And they got travel packages, hotel deals, 
event passes. You want that you want that wristband, man. That's your deal. Starcast.com. And Undertaker gonna be appearing there. That's a big story. Big story. And uh I'm excited to be on a panel with uh, the Nature Boy and with Ricky Steamboat, the Dragon, to talk about their matches in nineteen eighty nine that I called. I called the first one, I think, with Magnum T A. I called the second one with Terry Funk, and I believe I called the third one with Bob Cottle. And I just loved them all. So in all due respect to Okada and Omega, and they were superior. Don't get me wrong. I ain't knocking them. Well, JR said, no, come on. Get back in your room. Put the Kleenexes away, will you? Uh, the deal is, is that it's just a different flavor of ice cream. If you like ice cream, you like different flavors, right? Most people do. So that's my take on that. And I'm sticking to it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. The King and I are going to be on the stage again. Look, with us seemingly going our separate ways contractually, you know, as it looks right now, I don't know how many more opportunities we're going to have to get on stage together. And that, that saddens me. It makes me feel bad. So great opportunity to come see us together uh, and for a rare opportunity out there in Vegas at StarCast. Uh so anyway, Conrad, thank you very much again for being with us. I appreciate you guys as well for uh, rating and subscribing in Westwood One, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. Five-star reviews, of course, are always appreciated without, without question. And certainly you can get us uh, submit your comments or your questions to thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Uh, a new show comes out every Wednesday, as many of you know. Tell your friends about it. If you subscribe, your shows will be automatically downloaded into the device of your choice. Uh, you won't forget. It'll automatically download. So it's, it's, it's uh, idiot-proof, child-proof, and easy. Okay? I want to thank my friends at Pro Wrestling Tees. They had a great sale this past few days. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross for all your uh, slobber knocker apparel and other uh, I'm on Twitter, as you know, at, at JRSBBQ. Thanks to Sean Cradle. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, at Jim Ross Barbecue. Next week's guest, WWE Hall of Famer, the strongest man in the whole wide world. From Silsby, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. The big man, the Hall of Famer, the man whose documentary is a must-see. He's a star of the great Busted Open Radio Show, along with Billy Ray and my buddy Dave LaGreca, Sirius XM Channel 93. Mark Henry will be with us. Should be a great show. And again this weekend, I'll be at the Great Lakes uh, Comic Convention in Warren, Michigan, near Detroit, this Friday night and Saturday. If you want more information, go to greatlakescomicconvention.com. And I thank you for that. I'll see many of you there, I hope. And so until then, do something nice for somebody that's not expecting it. Remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So make the most of today. That's your call. It's not in somebody else's hands. It's in your hands. So walk by the mirror, and that image you see, that's whose hands you're in. You. Don't pass the buck. Be you. So right now I'm getting back in that old, you know, I got a six, I got a 2011 Escalade. It's nice, clean. It's got 60,000 miles on it. Six old. Nine years old. Not bad, huh? That's the old Sunday, on drove it to church on Sunday thing. Uh, so I'm getting that Escalade. I'm going to head right back down uh, to Norman, Oklahoma. Enjoy the rest of my week before I get ready to go to the Comic Con this weekend. 
Hope you have a good week. Do something nice for people. As I said, it's not expecting it. It'll make you feel so much better. I'm serious. If you don't believe me, oh, JR is BSing us again. Try it. Try being nice. Try donating some time. Try being a, a better citizen. Try to help people around you. It's not a sin. It's not a sign of weakness. Don't be like some of the wrestlers who think selling is a sign of weakness. Being nice to people is not a sign of weakness. So until next Wednesday, I'm good old JR Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network's ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Your hosts, Edge and Christian, talk wrestling. Betty Phoenix, a.k.a. my wife. You kiss the great Kali yes. and you eliminate him. Kali reacts like somehow you kissing him is like gross to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's like, in what world? ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Download it free and easy wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.